There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl, which is all about confidence. So welcome to this episode. I'm really excited to be speaking to Marianne Campwell today, who is a mentor. She's the author of the brilliant book, Be a Free Range Human, Escape the 9 to 5, Create a Life You Love, and Still Pay the Bills. She is a TEDx speaker, The topic of her talk was the hidden power of not always fitting in. She is a highly sensitive person, an HSP. She struggled with her own anxiety and depression issues. And we talk about not fitting in and how much pressure there is to fit ourselves into a box. We talk about anxiety and how it's so easy to to look at people and see you know these shiny haired people that seem so confident but actually below the surface quite often people have their own struggles their own issues they might be feeling anxious they might be feeling low and so we talk about that we talk about being a highly sensitive person and what this is what the signs are that you might be as well and how marianne copes and manages her life around that experience. We also get into why your weirdness is your edge. I love this topic. So many of us feel like we're a bit weird, don't we? And that we don't quite fit in. And yet Marianne just really reframes this for us and helps us to see that actually this can be our biggest strength. And plus she also shares just some really practical things about how she manages her own anxiety, which I always love to hear from people because it's so good to get those practical tips and see what other people are doing and get inspiration from that. So if you wanna get my free anxiety busting toolkit, I wanna invite you to come on over to my website, karmau.com forward slash free, and you can enter your email address there and I will send you loads of anxiety busting resources. And you'll also hear from me every now and again about podcasts that I have and courses that I'm offering. You can sign up at karmau.com forward slash free. So let's get into the episode of Marianne Campbell. This week's episode of the Karma You podcast is sponsored by Pucker Herbs. I'm really excited to share that Pucker have launched a new tea, Peace, an innovative hemp blend to promote calm, which can be enjoyed throughout the day. It has become part of my routine to enjoy in stressful moments or when I want to switch off after a day of work. Even its beautiful packaging has a calming effect when I see it on my shelf. 
Peace Tea truly is nature's antidote to everyday challenges. The ingredients are 100% organic and ethically sourced, which means it's not only great for you, but also the planet. So Peace Tea contains ashwagandha, an ingredient I recommend to all my clients. It naturally improves energy and calms the nervous system. Chamomile, one of the most widely used relaxing herbs around the world and hemp leaf, a variety of the cannabis sativa plant species. You've probably heard of the calming effects of CBD, a non-psychoactive component of hemp, and the tea contains CBD plus other calming essential oils from hemp. This blend supports the mind and body's ability to cope with, adapt to, and look beyond daily stresses. Perfect for busy 21st century living. Peace Tea is available to buy at Sainsbury's and Tesco's, and I hope you love it as much as I do. Amazing. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Can you tell us what it is that you do and and how you got to where you are today? So the way people usually know me is as the founder of Free Range Humans and the author of Be a Free Range Human. And Be a Free Range Human and Free Range Humans are basically all about creating work and a life where you don't have to you know leave a bit of your personality behind to make it work so my background is that I used to live in a way that was very opposite to that so I was like the classic overachiever at school Um, I went through university I came from Australia to London went through the corporate world uh, was working for a big media company and I knew within not too long of being in you know, my first proper job that something was really wrong. That I thought that I'd worked all this time, all my life to get to this point and that was where happiness would be and that was where success and fulfillment and you know, you'd know, you reach the goal that you work for and I didn't find that. I found myself incredibly unhappy. And so I went through a few years of a process of going, well, what am I doing? <laughs> like, How is this supposed to work? Sticking it out, changing careers, ended up as a consultant um, in the city in London. And long story short, I realized after a lot of soul searching that in the end, I wasn't really going to be happy in a job. And so I ended up leaving my job and creating a portfolio career where I did a few different things. And one of those things was career coaching. And I started a blog called Free Range Humans. And to my surprise, that little quirky blog that uh, a little chicken that I hand drew at the top became the thing that people were interested in. And it was talking about all these things we talk about today, creating your own career without a boss, uh, creating something where you get to be you. That grew into kind of a, a global movement. We do courses around the world. And I kind of like accidentally fell into the path that I'm doing today, but that was 10 years ago um, and it's still going strong. Amazing. And I first came across your work, it was probably maybe six years ago or so. And I was just transitioning from having kind of my day job and also having my evening work, which was doing hypnotherapy. And I, I knew at that time, well, I knew for a long time that I I don't know, I didn't really do very well working in an office. I wasn't very good. I got fired from one of my jobs when I was, I think I was 23 or something, for just being a bit rubbish, basically, a bit incompetent (laughs) at spreadsheets. And that's me. They they didn't fire me, but they really should have. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so, yeah, so it was very helpful for me at that time to, to think, actually, we don't have to fit into this one box of a career that 
a lot of people maybe feel pushed into. And I think it's really relevant for, for anxiety because I think work can really affect our mental health. I think, is that something that you see with, you know, people that you work with or with your community? Yeah. And actually I saw it personally. So saying I, I didn't talk about in the first edition of my book and I do talk about in the new edition we've just released was that when I first started telling my story, you know, I, uh, or, you know, it would be in the press, there'd be like an article, it'd be like, wow, you know, she was all this brave woman who went out and quit her job and said, I'm creating this whole thing. That really wasn't what happened. Um, what happened was I was in the, my last ever job and I was, I didn't know I had anxiety. I didn't have the words for it. And I didn't know I had a history of depression. I didn't have the words for it. And so while I had this plan and while I knew intellectually, this isn't for me, here are the reasons, but I'll do it in a sensible way. I was at the point where I was stuttering when I spoke. Um, I was just in tears randomly. I was in a, well, now I know we're panic attacks. And the day that I quit my job was the height of all of those things. And I left six months to a year earlier than I'd planned to leave. And so I'm very familiar. And I didn't know for years afterwards that that had been anxiety. Um, and so I see this playing out a lot in people. Uh, not everyone that comes to us feels like that. Some of them are <laughs> in a very different place. But actually a lot of people, when I share a little bit of what it feels like to either be, have uh, depression or anxiety, it feels very familiar. And I think one of the biggest problems is that when we're in these states, that's the hardest time to think clearly about who we are and where we want to go and yet that's the time we need that help and we need to be thinking differently because it for me personally and for people I work with feeling anxious can mean that you feel like there are no other options and you have to double down on what you're earning like it's that tight tight tightness whereas for me freedom is about expansion it's that feeling of you know, your your whole being is feeling like you're able to go wider and bigger and breathe so yeah I'm very very I think it's a very strong link between the two mm, absolutely it's interesting what you say about when you're in that anxious state it's it's you double down and I'm sure that's so true for people that the thought of leaving your job and that insecurity and going into the unknown can obviously seem very scary I imagine for people and yet you can get so so trapped so easily. And I think this happens to so many people that they don't see another way or maybe they dismiss that anxiety as just normal stress. And everyone in London is stressed and everyone feels this way. Don't, everyone cries in the loos at lunchtime, don't they? Oh my God, it's lit that's literally a line from the new book. I was like, isn't it normal to just find yourself on the floor at night, like in tears? Isn't that normal? And it feels it. It feels normal, especially if you're around people who are either don't experience it and therefore are like, you know, works hard, like sort of suck it up. And so you're like, oh, maybe, maybe they all feel the same, but they don't say it. Or if you're around people who do experience it, um, but who haven't been very kind to themselves about it. Uh, I think that can be the most difficult time when people around you are feeling exactly the same, but it's that fear, isn't it? That it's almost like that victim trap, you know, you're, you're in a bad situation, but you think at least it's a bad situation I know. How, what if there's a worse situation out there at the moment? I feel like I'm at the limit of what I can cope with. What, how could I possibly cope with something else? Um, and in, for my, my own journey was I'd reached such a limit that I, and it has happened actually 
it didn't just stop once I quit my job, by the way. It doesn't like solve all your problems, FYI. Um, it's, you know, I still had to deal with myself as it turns out. And so at different points, even in my business, there's been these crunch points where, and I always say my anxiety is my biggest Achilles and uh, biggest gift as well. Because it means that you can't lie to yourself. And I can tell you now, if I hadn't had anxiety, I would still be in a job because I'm an overachiever who likes to prove myself and I'd have pushed through. And so I'd say anyone, like it's a huge gift. Your body is telling you this isn't good for you. This isn't okay anymore. And I've learned that when I don't listen to that, it won't shut up. It will come back and come back. And then there's suddenly this change point where you either listen to it or you sink under it. And that's been always been my point where I make a change, even in how I work in my business, um, in how I work in my life. And so I have a very, um, I have a lot of clients uh, in our courses who have, who experience this. And I always say, look, it's, you have a very, very strong inner compass. side and every light side has a shadow side and your inner compass being strong and your anxiety are pretty pretty similar things I love that reminder to see anxiety as you know almost a positive thing well absolutely a positive thing that's telling you something that's helping you to make a change otherwise you might just put up with something that's not a good situation for you and so often we we curse the anxiety and we wish we didn't have it and that's totally understandable but at the same time, it is, it can be a real, yeah, something that is redirecting us and helping us to grow and helping us to change. So thank you for that reminder for all of us. Um, I really wanted to ask you something about your TED talk. You talk a lot about not fitting in and your experience of this and kind of this pressure to, to fit in or pressure to fit into a certain box or go down a certain type of career. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's been um, say our um, someone else you interviewed on your podcast, Selena of Project Love, a good is a good friend and colleague of mine, as you know. And when she, I told her, I said, Selena, I've, I've got this uh, TED talk I'm doing, and I know everyone expects me to do something on free range humans, but I'm not. I'm doing it on something called the hidden power of not always fitting in. And she goes, Of course you are. She goes, That's your life story. <laughs> and I was like, That's so true. And for me, what she meant by that, um, which I, was such a true statement is that for all of my life, and I think so many of our lives, I've gone through feeling like I was always playing, I was always playing a part. Like I was able to look like I fitted in to a lot of different situations, but I never feel like any of those places or any of those versions of me were really me. So I might, I can show up to this group, I can to work in this industry and I can work out how to play the part, but none of them were home and none of them were me. And what do you do when you never feel like you fit? And I'd started talking about a few years ago, like in courses and things, and I'd come up with this word for it called liminal, uh, L-I-M-N-A-L, liminal. And it's kind of about being on the borderland, about being not just one thing or another. And it's used in uh, anthropology uh, a lot as a term to describe transition states. And it's meant, to, it's actually a very, a really, positive word it can describe for example the state of like when a uh, say a boy goes into the forest to become a man in tribal cultures the time he is in a forest he's not a boy or a man he's liminal right he's neither one or the other and we need these transitions we need the people who are on the borderlands and in our society we fear that we fear 
the idea of someone not being able to fit in a box and yet that's where creativity comes from that's where innovation comes from that's where people who are leaders come from and so i was i basically had been doing this work for a while and i gave this talk to say you know what there's this thing called being liminal being someone who has this experience of you know you can fit in you're not like a total rebel or outcast you can play the part but you never feel like you fit guess what that is the identity you're looking for it's called liminal it's totally okay and guess what it's really highly correlated to anyone who is a lead, a real leader in their field. Because the leader didn't get there by being the same as everyone else. And that, I gave that talk with a lot more like nuance to it, as you know, in the talk, but I did literally didn't know how it would get taken. And it's done super well. Like people keep sharing it. And what has amazed me is people keep emailing in and saying, I didn't know that this was okay. I thought I had to just find my home. And I was like, no, in, in the talk, I say you create your own island. And when you look at people who are thriving and you're like, wow, they belong so much, quite often they didn't go and join like someone else's continent of belonging. They created an island off the coast. And if they were you know, good enough at what they did, that island would get bigger and bigger. And suddenly people would say, wow, how do you belong? And it's like, well, I started this. I came in and I was who I was the person I was and more people joined me. And when you start looking at the world through that lens, to me, it's just such a different, a different way of looking at people. I love it. It's so, it's very reassuring and inspiring. I think it's probably, I don't know what the statistics are on people that feel like they don't fit in, but it must be a lot of people. We often assume that, Oh, everyone else feels like they fit in. And then you talk to people and you realize right. Like a lot of us feel the same. And so yeah. to be okay with that feeling, to know that we don't need to be a certain way, we can be how we are. And it's and double down on it. You know, like you just look at it and you think all the here's like something really practical I love to do now. So I used to look at people and think, oh wow, they obviously so naturally fit, like lucky them. Whereas now I'm get really curious and I think which what is it that we're looking at about them that didn't fit? Uh, and that they could have hidden away. So say you look at someone who's bubbly and extroverted and really out there in their field, and now I get curious about the amount of times that they were probably told being like that is a silly idea, being like that is too much, being like that isn't serious. And I look at someone who's the opposite, at someone who's very, you know, sensible and you know, does things by you know by the book and I think how many times have they have been told to get ahead you have to be this networking extrovert and so I think when we come in with this point of empathy towards people rather than sort of I don't know if jealousy is the word but it's that sort of like oh damn it they've got it and I haven't it's like that point of curiosity I've found with people I've worked with it frees you up because then if you can do it to others you can start doing it to yourself in a really different way Mm, love that love that so in terms of kind of this thing of um not fitting into certain boxes how does that play out when people are choosing their careers or deciding what to do in their lives yeah I think it's a very specific way so I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of if you want to start say your own business or you're toying with the idea of being your own boss what will often happen is You'll have, you'll say, I know this is, I think there's something I want to do. And so you'll look at potential ideas and start either coming up with ideas and seeing what other people are doing. And some of those might be exciting. But then you look at it again and you think, oh, I'm too different. Actually, the people in there are 
too bright and bubbly and I'm not that person or oh no I'm going to have to be really like super organized here and that's not like I'm not that good at that that's not my thing and so we we discard we discard we discard and yet the, the free range approach is to say you know you can take almost any idea that you're really drawn to and put your own spin on it and so the person who says but I'm not the bright extrovert great well that field if it's full of people like that you can be the one that people who aren't drawn to that will come to. You know, like you use your difference to own that. Um, and so many other things, even if you've already like started a career or a business and you're feeling stuck, I think one of the best practices to I ask myself is what is it about me that I think is either not enough or too much that I'm hiding right now? It's, and it's always one of the two. It's either too big, too bold, too something, or not enough, too silly, too serious, too whatever it is and if you can find that find one of those things and test it out like maybe do a project where you try out being more of that for like a week or two weeks like try it out that's where we can get a lot more freedom and we're not always looking for this pre-packaged answer uh, instead you kind of create it like you tweak the edges and you, you edit everything that makes sense mm, definitely yeah I love that why, why do we do that? We're always, yeah, saying to ourselves, we're too much or not enough of something. It's never just, totally, right, is it? We never just let ourselves be all right. Um, I'm thinking about sort of conversations I've had with people recently, um, people that wanted to be yoga teachers, but felt like, oh, I don't look like the kind of, I don't know, very slim, very young yoga teacher. I'll never be good at that. And actually, yeah, I remember saying to this woman, people want different things you know people don't necessarily want to be taught by yoga from you know taught yoga by a 23 year old um and it is Absolutely. there's so much magic in that variety I think and so many gifts from the different things that people bring and yet we often you know cut ourselves down before we've even got started completely agree mm-hmm. so um one of the things that you talk about in your book is the um I think you call it the shiny haired always confident entrepreneur and what if you're not this and I mean from my own experience working in the kind of the coaching and personal development world there's a lot of this um you know we look at certain coaches and they definitely have their their shiny hair and seem very confident and um and yet that's not always the case if you look behind the the surface behind the that's absolutely true yeah that that's it exactly it is by the way it's my favorite chapter title ever <laughs> like, well, what if I'm not a shiny head so always I thought my my publisher was going to cut it down that's so silly that they didn't say anyway. so yes I'm not a shiny head always constant entrepreneur and we are you exactly you nailed it that's what I'm talking about you you go online you google you go on instagram and you see people who are perfect and you think I am not perfect um so I mean I've been in this field for 10 years. I live, I used to live as, you know, in London. I used to then I traveled the world in that whole nomad kind of world. Uh, then now I live between LA and New York. I know the scene and I can tell you no one is shiny hair and confident. Um, so that we can just like get rid of that myth right <laughs> now. <laughs> Being there, done the research, it's cool. Um, doesn't mean, but I, I want to be a little nuanced about that. It doesn't mean people are faking it. I think that you can be confident in the moment, but have more depths to you. And this is what I say in that chapter in my book when I I share a bit of my story. I say, look, you go on my Instagram now and you'll see pictures of me like looking shiny haired and whatever. Those aren't fake. Those are real moments of a real person. But that real person has other moments when they don't feel like that. And I think that's, you know, 
it's such a cliched line, but you know, we compare our you know, messy reality with someone else's highlights reel. And that's the danger. It, we, and I think there's a lot of responsibility. It's, I think there's a lot of responsibility on us as the viewer to be aware of that. So, you know, in the past, I, the way I see, you know, Instagram and websites and things, it's like, you know, back in the day, there'd be printed photos in a photo album and you go around, you know, parents would go around someone's house and they go, here was our, you know, here was our uh, trip around the world and you like, see some photos and you wouldn't look at that and go, oh my God, they have the best life. Like, I'm terrible. You'd be like, you'd be sitting with them in their reality, seeing their their happy moment and you are happy for them. And now we, ha I think, have to think of that when we see someone else. It's not that I genuinely, people who are genuinely successful in what they're doing, they're not usually being fake. They're just showing you a piece of themselves and that's cool. And you take what you need to from that. But I think the danger comes when we think we have to be like that all the time or we can't do something. So for me, you know, I've built, business while living with different forms of anxiety and depression it doesn't mean I have it every day um, though I did have depression for a year which was a fun exercise in running a business um, uh, but that happens and you can still work through that or work with that by being realistic about who you are so one thing that I, I've got a few people that I talked about who do what they do with one of those things or with mental health uh, issues. And they talk a lot about how they actually structure their days or structure their business to take care of them when they're not at their best. And that's, it's about. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 